pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, welcome into Sports Talk. It's a Monday and it's a beautiful day outside. And if you are not out there enjoying it, well, probably it's because it's a Monday and you may have responsibilities in life. So we're here to help you along. It's the start of three hours of sports programming for you. I'm Scott Beatty along with Evan Kahn. I'm actually stationed at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. I guess I'm the warm-up act here. Next hour... The News Gazette sports writers and Steve Kelly will be here and featured guest Brad Dancer from Illinois Men's Tennis, the head coach of the Orange and Blue. And then at 6 o'clock, it's Colin and Joey for Prep Hoops Confidential. What a weekend of sports to get into. We have, of course, a lot of Illini stuff to touch on with men's and women's hoops. Shauna Green will do her weekly segment with us coming up here in this hour. Uh, Illinois uh, women on the road had a tough loss to Maryland and just couldn't handle uh, a lot of the press despite some superb shooting that had been missing for a few games. So we'll talk to Shauna about that. Of course, we can back up and look at Rutgers for the men and the win on Saturday. And we'll hear a little bit more as they get ready for Penn State tomorrow. And, uh, Evan, there was a uh, very sizable a significant football game yesterday on television. And you and I were talking about plans. We ended up having about a dozen folks at our house. Oh. Uh, and I was, in the end of it, I, I came came out with quite a bit of cheese consumed, and I was very happy about it. <laughs> it was it was a really good day. Uh, we had friends there, and, you know, it was kind of a potluck thing, but the uh, both cow and goat cheese were there, and it was a good night. The primary food group of Super Bowl Sunday is absolutely cheese, so I, I can understand that. Fact. And various dips and and <laughs> small sausages. We had a good time. And what's it turned the, out it was a good football game as well. What are those those things, the spreads with the crackers and the, the, the mini meats and, and those? I don't like know. charcuterie? There we mean? go. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of those as well, but yeah, the the game was what we were hoping for in that it was competitive, it was high scoring, it gave us some controversy with the referees to bicker about for a, a day in the sports cycle. So it, it had a, a little bit of everything that that you wanted. I still contend that commercials are down. I don't know what's going on in the advertising world. Don Draper has died off, and they don't have creative ideas anymore. Um, but but the football, the football was good, and we saw two of the, the best quarterbacks in the NFL going at it. As a reminder, here's how it sounded the final call on Westwood 1 as the Chiefs got their second one in four years. 36-yard line of Philly. Shotgun snap to Hurts. Dropping back. Only one person rushing. Hurts looking, standing still, winding up. Long pass. It lands at the 20. No one is there. Zeros on the clock. It's over. It's over. The Chiefs have won. 
The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57 on a game-winning field goal. Trailing at 10. At the halftime stop, 24-14, they go on to win 38-35. What a game. Kevin Harlan on the call for Westwood One Sports. I heard this stat today that Pat Mahomes is 14-10 and 10 in ball games where he trails by double digits. Huh. I mean, it, do you understand that the man – if he falls down by double digits, has a better than 50% record of winning football games. That is unbelievably phenomenal. Uh, that That's not a small sample size, so I don't know if you could call it a, a fluke or a coincidence. A mo- that was kind of the trend for them this season, and you can usually come back against teams like the Texans, but uh, to, to do it in the Super Bowl and uh, against the Eagles on what may have been a, a bum ankle or, or maybe not have been, um, <laughs> we, we know there's all kinds of acting supposedly going on in the NFL, so uh, he could he could be uh, applying for that next uh, Academy Award season when it, when it comes back around. But uh, no, no, I mean, Mahomes has accomplished more at 27 than most of us have in our lifetime and he's just getting started. I, I don't know where you rank him up uh, against other legendary quarterbacks, but he has moved beyond, like, yeah, pretty good or uh, a really good star to, okay, is this guy going to be in the conversation of the other greats that we talk about? Uh, he's really there's no sign of him stopping, and he's doing it now with mm, – I guess lesser pieces in a way. I mean, he he had a little bit of reduced talent, and he's just he's he's becoming like Brady, and it's just like don't or 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 Jordan in the NBA. It's like just don't bet against him; he's gonna win. <laughs> well, I was looking into it, and Brady's probably the closest one. Just quarterbacks don't have success this early on in their career. And when Brady did it, not taking anything away from the GOAT, but those were some all-time defenses that, that were helping him out on, on the other side of the ball. And he sure. just kind of had to, to manage things uh, along the way. This is the reverse. I, I mean, it's Mahomes, it's multiple MVPs, it's multiple 4,000-yard seasons, just doing it all. And, and as you said, no more Tyreek Hill, but uh, they bring in – you know, guys that, that have been cast off or, or said that they were too old, and, and he elevates the talent. So he, he's he's up there. He, he's still got some time to go and some championships to win. But the fact that he's got this head start on wh- whoever you might consider the the goat, Brady Manning, um, he he's he's on his way there. Now on the other side, I wish I would have screen grabbed it, but it's it's easily uh, you can go look at it how Jalen Hurts's numbers have progressed season to season and here in mm-hmm. season number 3 and that is the that is one piece of data that tells me it could be a breakout year next year for Justin Fields. Obviously Jalen Hurts has pieces around him and that's what the Bears have to go do. But third year is a year when it can just all come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It happened with Hertz. It happened with Josh Allen, and now he's in that top five discussion. And that's that's the future of the quarterback position, is what we saw last night. And 
and Justin Fields, and it's no more of the really tall statue kind of quarterbacks. You got to have a big arm. You got to be able to move inside and outside of the the pocket. And Justin Fields has the arm. Got to find the accuracy. He's got to get the the parts around it. But uh, yeah, you you like the the step that could be taken there in, in year three. I don't know if he's got that kind of offensive line like the Eagles do uh, there in front of Jalen Hurts. But uh, his skills, you, you, you can have some optimism headed into next season. Yeah, I don't know you're ready to crown the Bears NFC champions uh, going <laughs> to the Super Bowl, but a team that could be really competitive if they add the right pieces. And I, I just am it's like I don't understand where this trade Justin Fields for, for somebody. Oof. Anyway, it's just it's – just, Justin Fields is ready to be the dude. He just is. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, 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 Jalen Hurts, if uh, he didn't have that uh, NFL-ordered uh, random drop for a <laughs> scoop and score, because you know that's how they scripted it ahead of time, of course, if he didn't have that, is also, just to your point, is proving that this dual-threat running back, uh, running quarterback is where it's at and it feels different than Michael Vick. I mean Michael Vick was mm-hmm. a trendsetter and was so good at it, but these guys knock on wood seem a little more durable. Mm. That and just the way that pass rushing is now it's not your traditional 4334 kind of thing. I mean, you've got edge rushers that are just as fast if not faster than, than some of the the skill position players. So you got to be able to to move around behind the line of scrimmage and make plays ahead of it. So, um, yeah, too bad Hurts couldn't get it done. Uh, I I don't know. I didn't have a rooting interest. You know, whoever won, it it was fine. The the fact that it ended kind of on a penalty. I mean, they had three different definitions of a catch within a football game. So that was always (laughs) – that's always nice to see that that the NFL doesn't change as far as that's concerned. But, um, yeah, it was a a good football team – Good football game between two football good football teams. I don't think either one um, can feel disappointed about the season. I'm not ready to jump to greatest Super Bowl ever. I think there are some others that were a little bit better, mm-hmm. but uh, this was definitely a quality one and an, an enjoyable one. Um, there was one who did have a rooting interest as we gathered today for men's uh, basketball <laughs> media availability ahead of Illinois against Penn State tomorrow. Our coverage will start at 4 o'clock. Let's hear how Brad Underwood started off his media availability today. First of all, Nick Albretti, what a day to be a athlete, father, twins, Super Bowl champion. Congratulations to, to him. I mean, was there ever a doubt... I mean, it's the classic walk down. That's all it was. Eagles played great. They did what they had to do. They kept Mahomes on the bench the first half. You guys think I'm going to talk about Penn State? You're full of (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking straight Chiefs here. And uh, the walk down that was that game. And then, you know, the second half, I mean, best quarterback in maybe all time just did what he did. And we're talking about, you know, like an everyday guy, my toughness and, his ability to what he did two weeks ago, high ankle sprain, no wide receivers, grit through it in a world where today athletes don't do that. But, uh, you know, we, we won a Super Bowl and we got an office full of guys who aren't Chiefs fans. So we were having a little fun today in, 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 in the office and uh, you, don't, you don't get a gloat very often. And 
I guess it's I guess we do more than most. It's two and four years, so um, you know a little extra punch today to you know we're the greatest. That's about half of what he had to say. <laughs> and I think that's more than enough, Brad. Uh, but uh, yeah, congratulations to you and your Chiefs and. Uh, Apparently, Ty Rogers is an Eagles fan. Grew up in Michigan, but he's an Eagles fan. I think there were some others that were hearing. I mean, he he didn't stop about this thing because later on we were talking to Ty Rogers and Brad's walking by and asked, "Hey, talking about the Eagles?" Blah blah blah. He says, "Okay, enough, man. <laughs> <laughs> enough." And uh, oddly enough, they're going into the state of Pennsylvania to take on a Penn State team tomorrow that uh, really has struggled and looks. Uh, in some ways, both teams look very different than the last time they faced off. So we've got that to uh, discuss as we go along. But Illinois women's hoops split the last week, getting a a, a big win on the road at Nebraska and uh, losing on the road at Maryland yesterday. We're going to talk about it with head coach Shauna Green when we come back here on Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Colin Likas from the News Gazette. Join us tonight at 6 o'clock for Prep Basketball Confidential, right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Yeah, that comes up after we wrap things up here at the Esquire Downtown Champaign. I'm Scott Beatty with Evan Conyer in the first hour of Sports Talk. Shauna Green is head coach of Illinois women's basketball, and she joins us on the line as she's good enough to do every week with us here during the season. Uh, coach, uh, I, for me, going one and one this past week it isn't too bad, but I'm sure it stings a little bit more when when you take the L on the back end of it. Yeah, you know you're right. It, obviously, Maryland's really really good and and tough to win, you know, at their place, but. Uh, when I was looking at the week, and, and you know, you want to win, too. I mean, that's that's our goal. We want to win every game that we're out there playing. But to go and split that and to get that big road win, which is the quad one, you know, game for us on, uh, at Nebraska, that was a huge, huge win. And uh, played really well yesterday for really 30 minutes. We just – that third quarter just, just killed us. But uh, proud of our kids. And uh, we'll just, you know, we got this week. We'll we'll get back at it, get back to work, and and regroup. Yeah, basketball's funny because you, you shoot twelve of twenty-two from beyond the arc. It was the uh, shooting day you'd been waiting for. Uh, I, I would have, if I had seen just that stat, I would have thought that's a W. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we did. We finally got kind of our, our groove back in terms of our three-point shooting, but they score, you know, 20 some points off of our turnovers and you just can't you can't do that. So the turnovers and, and the pressure, the press, I mean, it's it's what they do and and they really ramped it up there in the third coming out of halftime when we had that lead. So, uh, got to take care of the ball. We that's that next step. We have to learn how to handle, you know, these teams that really really get after it defensively with that with that full court pressure. Talking with Shauna Green here on Sports Talk. Hey, Shauna, this is Evan, and along those lines of the shooting, Jada Peebles, a big day coming off the bench. I imagine you're going to be leaning on her a little more here with Genesis Bryant out for the 
foreseeable future. I don't know what kind of updates you can give us on that. Yeah, Jada had a great game yesterday and so happy for her to kind of, you know, I just, I knew she just needed to see one or two go in and, and she, you know, she did that yesterday and she was really feeling it and got in a good groove. So hopefully that'll just con- continue to carry over with that confidence going into, you know, this final stretch of season because we're going to need that scoring, um, you know, and especially, you know, playing yesterday and playing most of Nebraska without Genesis, you know, our second leading scorer. Um, really has been big. Jayla had a huge game off the bench, or you know, you know, in place of Jen um, on at Nebraska, and then Jada was huge yesterday. Yeah, are you going to move things around, use players a, a little differently here as you wait for Genesis to come back? Not a very big rotation, and and, and didn't really expand on it. Just kind of leaned on some players a, a little more against Nebraska and Maryland. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's what we've kind of done when Makara went out, same thing, you know, people stepped up. When Jen went out now, you know, people stepped up, and, you know, it's always someone different every night, but, uh, you know, we're just really going to lean on lean on those guys, and, and hopefully, you know, Genesis can, can get back healthy, and, and hopefully don't have to play too many games without her, but, uh, you know, that's really day-to-day, just seeing how she feels and how she progresses. Shauna Green's joining us here on Sports Talk. So by the schedule's design, you have a gap here until Sunday, a home game against Penn State. So how do you want to use this week with extra days uh, in between games? Yeah, we got to, you know, first off, we got to get some rest. So that's, that's the biggest thing. I, I love the, the timing of this bye, this bye week leading into, you know, three regular season games uh, to finish this out. So we had today off. Tomorrow we'll get back to it these next two days and just really focus on us and, and, you know, tightening some things up offensively and defensively. We'll have Thursday off, and then we get back to our, our two-day prep, well, Friday, Saturday, preparing for Penn State on Sunday. You know, you can't catch Indiana in the standings anymore, but that double buy in the Big Ten tournament is still very much a possibility. Is that something that you guys are paying attention to um, down the stretch here with three games left? Yeah, I mean, I, I've obviously looked at it as a staff. We, we've looked at it all. Um, and, and really, at the end of the day, you know, we control our own destiny. We got, we got the two, you know, two home games uh, in a row and then one game, you know, at Rutgers. So all winnable. We beat two of those teams before. Um, obviously, every game is really, really hard. Um, but, you know, we know we're capable of winning those games. So uh, we got to lock in just really one day at a time mentality, one game at a time. But, uh, you know, we know what we're playing for. We know what's, what's on the line. Uh, you know, our kids know that you know, we're playing We're playing for seeding, but we're playing, too, to, to try to, you know, earn that NCAA tournament berth. So there's a it's a good thing. It's mid-February, and we're talking about, you know, that we're playing for stuff, and, and that's what you want to be in that position. So all great things, and, and our kids are really excited and, and ready to go. For sure, and you've been through this uh, rodeo before with, with trying to secure a, a tournament berth. Do you feel mm-hmm. secure where you're at right now? I know you got three more regular season games in the Big Ten tournament, but do you feel secure where you're at? I mean, I think if the – you know, selection uh, was today. I think, you know, I feel really good, but we got to, we still, I think we still got to, you know, continue to, I never feel totally good. So we got to, we got three more games in the in the regular season and we got to take care of business. So I don't want to be sweating it out, you know, on selection Sunday. We want to feel really good about our resume, about the work that we've done. And, and again, all we can do is control what we can control. And, and that's going out and, 
and trying to win these last three regular season games. Uh, Shauna, yesterday, uh, Makaira Cook went over the 1,000-point mark for her career between Dayton and here. Is, is that something that you saw when you were recruiting her? Did you envision her becoming a 1,000-point leading scorer on the teams for you? And, and how much has she grown over the two-plus years that, that you've been uh, her head coach? Yeah, we definitely knew uh, what she was capable of. I mean, Makaira, you know, when we got her – uh, to commit to Dayton, we knew we knew that we got a really special player uh, that could play at any level. Um, and, and then when you know she made the decision to come here, I knew she was going to be, you know, special at this in this league and in, in the Big Ten. So she's just she's a unique player um, that literally can get a shot off at any time against anyone, and, and a, <laughs> that's not something a lot of players can do. So she has ability to take over a game. Um, so we knew what she was capable of, knew the, the caliber of player she was, and she's just continued to work and to grow and, and evolve and develop her game. Um, and she's also grown tremendously as a leader, um, especially this year, having to really lead this team. Um, it's really, you know, it, may, it makes me proud uh, to see how far she's come, you know, remembering her as a freshman uh, to now she's come a long, long ways and, and still a lot left, uh, you know, left, a lot left that she can still get better at, which is awesome. And, and something kind of off topic, but uh, in, in the same topic. Uh, yesterday, big matchup between South Carolina LSU. Drew huge numbers, saw that Iowa and Indiana set the record for uh, most watched women's basketball regular season game on BTN. And you've seen the, the support at the State Farm Center. Do, do you feel like women's basketball is taking some steps forward here over the last couple of years as far as being more in, in the forefront as far as a, a winter sport in America? Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, it it's really, it's, it's amazing to see the numbers. Just just look at this year. You know, just look at the Big Ten, the numbers across the board. Uh, you know, Purdue, Indiana had a sellout at Mackey. You know, Indiana, uh, Iowa, I think there was like 15,000 there. Iowa's had multiple, you know, sellouts. And, you know, Michigan had over 10,000 for a game. I mean, it's just the numbers are just continuing to grow and, and you know, the the fan engagement and, and the support, it's just, it, it's unbelievable. And we got to keep trending this way. We got to keep growing it and continue to grow the game. But yeah, LSU, you know, South Carolina, they sold, South Carolina sold out. I mean, what an unbelievable, you know, atmosphere and, and game that that was. Speaking of home games, two more chances for fans to see you guys, including this Sunday, and that's against Penn State. And also Teresa Grentz will be on hand to raise her banner. So it should be a big uh, Sunday afternoon and the last Sunday home game. Yeah, it should be a really great uh, great weekend. Great to have Coach Grentz back. I'm super excited to, to finally meet her um, and, and sit down with her. And I, I'm excited to pick her brain on stuff. So it'll be great to celebrate her. Uh, honor her for for all of her achievements you know we have obviously a big game in Penn State we have breast cancer awareness game it's our KL pink game uh, which is always a a great game and and, you know so just a lot of really good things going on so hopefully we'll have a ton of support and and a lot of people coming out to this our last Sunday game so please everyone come out Uh, a lot of great things will be going on that day and and we really need to have a good environment because this is a this a big game if we can get this win it'll be huge for us well coach we'll look forward to talking to you on the other side of it Uh, we wish you well here in this uh, extra 
longer week of prep between games, and we always appreciate the chance to talk to you. No, thank you. I appreciate you guys. All right, head coach Shauna Green with us here on Sports Talk. And, you know, it's one of those – it stings when you have a lead against a top-ten team uh, at halftime. You knew Maryland was going to make a run. And Mm -hmm. once again, the press uh, kind of bit Illinois. Ohio State got them with it. Michigan State was giving them some fits with it too, but Illinois got got through that. But here's the thing, Evan. Um, Illinois is sitting at 9-6 in the Big Ten with three games remaining. All of those opponents – have a losing record right now in the Big Ten. Nebraska, Penn State, and Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, the fourth and fifth place teams, Ohio State and Michigan, are going to play each other yet. They also bo- each have Indiana on their schedule, and, and Ohio State also has Maryland. So there's an opportunity for Illinois to get into that top four and get that double bye, which I think is extra huge for this team that plays such a small rotation mm-hmm. and, and needs, you know, I mean, you got to – got a point guard right now that's not playing because of an ankle injury and again what Sean had said there was basically to be determined about when she'll be back so uh the, the window's open here Illinois like she said can take it they, they can indeed some some winnable games here over the the next week plus and, and getting that double buy set you up for as you said more energy for for that first game and whoever you you face if you do get that double buy is probably a, another tournament team so chances to to build to that resume and, and uh firmly put yourself in, in march but uh, after that win at nebraska and yeah if you don't can't throw out the third quarter but uh, they played three good quarters uh, against a maryland team and and they've they've played pretty well for for the most part uh, against all the top teams that they face in the big 10 all right, we'll come back and we'll switch to men's side. We'll hear a little more from Brad Underwood about something other than the Chiefs because <laughs> <laughs> they get ready for Penn State as well. That's tomorrow. Uh, also, down goes number one. We'll touch on that and a little bit more here on the first hour of Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, our weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie will tell you about a player the fans, for some reason, don't always buy into. It's Coleman Hawker. You don't have to buy into him, but that's dumb. <laughs> How's that for a, an opinion? Backed up by solid analysis. Coleman Hawkins is a good basketball player. He can do a lot of things. <laughs> what? Right. I, I missed something. Maybe, maybe you guys uh, had more on on post game. You and Mike. Am I missing something here? No. <laughs> I mean, is is this a thing? I, maybe in some circles, not in my circles. <laughs> okay, just checking. You see guys that can shoot, pass, <laughs> be a key piece of offense, play defense, block shots. Does a lot. Those are usually guys you want. And they're tall, <laughs> mobile, can stretch the floor, run well. That wingspan. Floor leader. <laughs> okay. Somebody's going to text now. Somebody's going to text. <laughs> Somebody's going to text. Okay. Uh, Illinois, uh, here, Brad Underwood today. Um, feeling good after his Chiefs won yesterday, but uh, the day before his team won over Rutgers. Here's his reflection on it. After the first eight minutes of the Rutgers game, we did some nice things. Um, I thought we got good good shots. I thought we missed Dane a little too much uh, in that stretch. But uh, our defensive 
focus was in the right place. And then once we were we cleaned up the rebounding, um, I liked where we were at. I loved Ty and um, and sincere what they brought. Thought Jaden defensively probably made as few mistakes as he's made in a game on the, on that side of things. Uh, did a great job on Spencer. So. So that's a little bit back on Rutgers. And Luke Goody got in the game for about a total of five minutes. Here's Brad on that. Intended on playing him a few more minutes, but that group in the second half got on an incredible run. And, and you know, I'm one of those guys that's just going to let it play out. And uh, so, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, he's going to help us. He's going he's, he's to play. He's going to play probably more minutes than he's played. And, um, you know, that's the intent of trying to get him back in the fold. I think when you check into a game, there's a sense of nervousness when you haven't done it in a while that's different. You just, you know, and, and it's just touching the ball in a game and seeing a different colored jersey and hearing the crowd noise. And and I think the one thing that you you understand is that you've got to play through that. you got to play through those jitters, if you want to call them that. And then you got to find that comfort. And the game has to slow down. And... Um, uh, you know, Luke sees that in practice, but it's a it's a different vibe in a game. So, um, you know, he's got to be patient. He's got to he's got to have a, a great understanding. I thought he did most of that the other night. And you know, get your teeth wet, block it out. Get your you know get your get your bell rung a little bit by, you know, by by sticking somebody on a coming off a screen or doing whatever. You just got to find that that game time feeling, and that's hard to explain. But, um, you know, I thought he did a really good job the other night of, of kind of handling those moments. That's Brad Underwood talking about Luke Goody. So we'll see, Evan, what kind of play he gets tomorrow. The interesting thing about this rematch between Illinois and Penn State, and Brad said that Penn State embarrassed Illinois last time. And it, it, it was – was that the fart noise game? It was the 74-59 loss. Um, I can't remember – which game that Sounds was? That, I don't think that was. Right. I might have been. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Uh, just a brutal game. Uh, these are two teams in very different places than they were uh, now more than two months ago. That was December 10th. Illinois is running a different defense, as we've all talked about a lot. And Penn State has really struggled. They've lost four in a row. They haven't won this month. They've lost five of six. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't, I haven't done deep dives on it. I don't totally understand it because they do have really good shooters and they got old guards. But you got shooting. Co- you got to hit shots. That, yeah. That's a, a team when you get into the thick of the Big Ten and you don't have a big man. They, I mean, they basically play three or five wings at at, at five positions, and, and then they were hitting shots. I mean, we saw Andrew Funk bank one in from Urbana when he was here in town, and, and, and Miles Dredd was hitting shots early on in the season, and that's not happening. They're not able to, to shut down big guys down low. Uh, Jay Wynn Pickett still... Who, who he is, he's still going to be a, a first-team All-Big Ten guy. But, uh, yeah, when, when they came to the State Farm Center, Illinois was slow to, to close out. They weren't grabbing rebounds. They were playing a, a different defense that was lending to, to slow rotations, and, and Pickett just had his way. So wh- whatever happened the last time, I, I think you can throw it out, although now Illinois knows you gotta get you got to get a hand in the face of their shooters. Yeah, and, you, and once you get them going early, I remember Mike talking about this, that once you get them going – 
once you start to feel it as a shooter, then that's when the shots that look like prayers and how did that <laughs> go in, you also start to feel those. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why Illinois opened the door way too wide for them in that ball game. And Brad talked, too, about how Matthew Meyer hit some shots early, and that may have lulled Illinois into a false sense of comfort because they really weren't running great offense. Well, that was the immediate game after beating Texas at Madison Square Garden, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. So and, and <laughs> a little, I, little, little change of pace playing at 11 a.m. at the State Farm Center versus a, a primetime game in, in New York City. And, and they got they got hit in the mouth, and, and it took them uh, three weeks to – to really regroup after that. Yeah, it, when it's all said and done, if Illinois has the kind of ending to their season they would like to have, you may look back at the second half of December and the very beginning of January as a gift, as a blessing in disguise with how Illinois came through it all and and, and gelled. It started 0-3, and they're sitting tied for second right now in the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, and and... With and we we can get to this here now uh, with with what's going on with Purdue, uh, I I wouldn't be worried about Purdue, but it's now it's now not out of the realm. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it it absolutely is not. But uh, my usual optimism kind of goes away when you you got the gift last year and Nebraska knocking off Wisconsin yeah. to to put you in that situation. So for the the fates to be in the Illini's favor two consecutive years, I just I, I, I can't see it happening. But it does put a little more intrigue into this last bit of the season because Purdue still has to face Indiana again. I think they've got to face Michigan one more time. And very last game of the season of the Big Ten, Illinois and Purdue at Mackey. Mm-hmm. That'll, be, that'll have a little juice to it. Uh, here's how it sounded yesterday up in Evanston with Dave Ennett on the call for Northwestern. Here's a length of the court pass. Edie cashes it. Lost it. Barry's got it. Nine seconds to go. Ty Berry protecting the ball. Purdue's back in a foul. And for the first time ever, the Northwestern Wildcats have knocked off the number one team in the country. They have defeated the Purdue Boilermakers. 64 to 58. And the fans have scored the court as we expected here at Wells Bryan Arena. That's a great Dave Ennett on the call for the Northwestern Wildcats and audio from Learfield and WGN Sports. And you got to credit our man, Trent Meacham. I don't know if you saw this. Um, I caught it on, on Twitter. In fact, Mike DeCourcy had retweeted it. And we're going to talk to Mike DeCourcy later in the week. But Trent had said on a on a Big Ten Network show with Dave Revson, he said, I think Purdue could – he didn't predict. He said, I just think Northwestern is ripe to get them here. <laughs> and he talked about the way Northwestern post traps and and the, the kind of style of defense and the, the way their guards, the older guards they have against the younger guards. And he just said, I could – he saw the recipe there. He saw the ingredients <laughs> for the upset recipe. So credit to uh, Trent Meacham for uh, knowing some basketball. <laughs> I didn't even bother tuning into it. Because oh, I, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't think it would be a compelling game. I didn't expect much of it. But uh, 
Yeah, this is that that once every five years where Chris Collins gets a, a bunch of twenty four <laughs> year olds together who have lost to every Big Ten team, and they're like, you know what? We're finally tired of losing after five years. Knock off Illinois up there at Welsh Ryan. Now they've got Purdue. Probably going to get in, into the NCAA tourney again and, and break some hearts with the first round loss. But uh, shout out to the the Wildcats for keeping it interesting. Yeah, so Purdue twelve and three still in control of mm-hmm. the Big Ten race, but now Indiana... Because they're a game ahead. How have they played one more game than everybody else? Yeah, well, it's because these every team gets a bye at some point. The, the oh, quote so they haven't, they haven't had theirs yet. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of teams are at 14 games played. Um, Illinois is at... They're at 14 at? because of Minnesota. Well, surprise, the Big Ten standings are wrong on their, on their website. I'll find <laughs> the real Big Ten standings. Because you said it, yeah, Illinois is in a, in a Anyway, there's there's not a lot of separation here top to bottom. Here we go. Northwestern Indiana are both 9 and 5. Illinois is 8 and 5. Yep. Uh now Northwestern and Indiana for the moment would have tiebreakers on on Illinois. So this is all up for grabs. And getting out of two rounds of the Big 10 tournament is huge. You don't want to play or set yourself up to possibly play four days, four games in four days. No. No, no. Yeah. I I think Purdue's still going to be fine, but they 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 did show a little bit of their kryptonite. What their kryptonite is? Yeah, yeah. I'm no no team is invincible. I mean, Alabama's back at one, and and they just got blown out at Oklahoma, where Kansas went into and got a blowout win. So <laughs> none of it makes sense. Another one thought was weird over the weekend, kind of outside of our realm, but one in ten in Big Twelve play, Texas Tech was favored against number 12 Kansas State, and they won by eight. Like, what? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't either. Here's the reminder. As I was looking at the bracketology, the reminder, when the committee sits down and looks at the sheets, they do not look at conference record. Nope. Your performance in conference play is meaningless to the NCAA selection, unless you're the automatic qualifier, which for almost everybody comes out of a tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the wins that you get and the losses that you get matter, but how the numbers look on paper, no, that that's not exactly. A big deal. Yes, yeah. yeah, right. The the games are meaningful, but the the fact that they're a conference game. Yeah, you is don't you don't slight somebody. Oh, they're nine and eleven in their conference. Well, did they beat the eight best teams in, in their conference for those nine wins? You probably should put them in. Mm-hmm. Seed North Carolina, yeah. number eight seed last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, a couple of other items here just to briefly mention. Uh, Sid Sickles for Illinois softball, twenty-one strikeouts in a game. It was a nine-inning game. Softball usually plays seven. Illinois had to go nine to get the win over Fordham. That was a bright spot in a weekend where Illinois was trying to hopefully get a, a win over a, a couple of ranked teams there. They actually faced three of them. They went two and three, but they didn't get any of the uh, ranked teams out of the SEC or the Big 12. Men's tennis swept the weekend. Brad Dancer is going to be the guest here at the Esquire coming up in a few minutes. Uh, and They beat both UCF and Notre Dame. And on the women's tennis side... Uh, Evan Clark got his 100th win mm-hmm. as coach here. Saw that, that he was getting some honoring uh, and recognition from that on uh, social media. And women's golf got a hole-in-one. Yeah, that, so. they, that they did. That's that's the dream right there. Yeah. 
You never forget those moments. All right, we come back. Uh, a couple more uh, items to wrap up on, and we'll transition into hour number two. You're listening to Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk 1400 93.9 FM. All right, we've been talking a lot of things here today. Illinois hoops on the men's and women's side, the Super Bowl, some other Illini sports. Illinois baseball gets going this week. Yours truly heading with them to uh, North Carolina. That's where we're going first. North Carolina, Friday morning, 11 a.m., Illinois and Youngstown State. First pitch of the 2023 season. Evan, yesterday, Nick Allegretti, former Illini offensive lineman, now with the Chiefs, had a day he will not forget. He became a Super Bowl champion for the second time, and in one day he became a dad twice. Incredible, incredible. Guys up front dominating. Two weeks of hearing about the Eagles offense, defense, line, and I think the narrative will be a little different after this. And for you personally, this is a double championship day. How's it feel to be a dad and a champion the same day? Uh, unbelievable. They started... Uh, it was the best day of my life, no matter what. Uh, 3, 3.30, 4 a.m., became a dad, father, two daughters. Un- unbelievable. And now uh, <laughs> now i got a ring for both of them. Uh, incredible. Cannot believe it. Those are probably more bracelets on the babies. <laughs> they could probably fit around the ankles of of twin daughters if in case you didn't catch that those are twin daughters he had and the audio courtesy of Matt Derrick from chiefsdigest.com um i i read that i guess they were due in march but as oh. twins are want to do they mm-hmm. usually want to get out of the oven a little quicker <laughs> <laughs> so Already he wasn't bickering. present he was not present uh, uh unfortunately but these things happen unexpectedly and he was you know he had a work obligation to be at the super bowl and and now he's he's got a second ring and two daughters. Well, we'll, we'll work on that paternity leave. But uh, congratulations <laughs> on the Super Bowl and the babies to, to Nick Allegretti. <laughs> Gonna call Chiefs HR and <laughs> work on their policy. On their policy. Uh, all right, my friend. Tomorrow we'll do pregame at four o'clock, yes. and then uh, uh, we'll hear you and Mike afterwards, of course, with uh, postgame coverage. And then we're back at it on on Wednesday. Looking Pre- forward to it. Appreciate it. Steve Kelly and the News Gazette sports writers are coming up. Guest is Brad Dancer here at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. Join us. Thanks to Shauna Green for being our guest today. This is News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Time for news.